Well, don't you know that um, that Alex Jones is is um, is actually just uh, Bill Hicks? Oh man, I actually I, I hadn't heard that. I missed that one. <laughs> that's a conspiracy. That's a real conspiracy theory. Wait, what? So there's a conspiracy theory that <laughs> that Bill Hicks didn't die; that he faked his own death and then just became Alex Jones as a joke. Because <laughs> apparently they look similar, and like he has the same kind of unbridled rage, I guess. But it's such a stretch. It's, it's hilarious. And Alex Jones has been around for before even Bill Hicks died. So I don't know. In your opinion, in your opinion, this is that is conspiracy that cast. is just my opinion. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not it's pretty flimsy is what i'm not. saying there are there are there are better conspiracy theories to to hang on to besides that one theme song this is the motion pixels podcast I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. Hello. Uh, joined, of course, by my co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say hello. Hello. And joining us this week, back on the island of Twin Peaks and Animal Crossing USA, the baddest boy of comedy, Dane Kevin Cook. Dane, say hello. Hi. And this is the Motion Pixels Podcast. Uh, what's up, gamers? Uh, what have you been uh, gaming lately? What's been on your uh, gamesradar.com? <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons, man. Yeah. Yeah. All three a, of us, I believe. Yeah. You know, I know I mentioned it to you, Matt, but what is funny is that I just saw Dane post a screenshot in the Discord of a sword he found that had a gamer reference uh, in Minecraft Dungeons. And um, he just happened to be playing it. And the other things that we, we might talk about this week, the Jeffrey Epstein documentary and uh, Uncut Gems coming to Netflix, Dane also watched, um, which just goes to show that, you know, when you podcast, there's like, have you guys seen Spider-Man 3? Um, in Spider-Man 3, there's like this symbiote, um, this kind of like, like, like juice monster who gets into Peter Parker, the titular Spider-Man of the series, his brain and like enhances him i think podcasting does that same thing where we've all become enhanced and therefore you know share a lot of the same ideas isn't that goo supposed to be venom the the villain venom that yeah that's it it's it's tom Hardy i actually juice. have never seen um spider-man 3 yet i should i should watch it i hear yeah, spider-man it's a uh, that was a movie that came out when I was in like seventh grade. And I remember I went to see it right before, com uh, not communion class, confirmation class at my Catholic school. And my mom picked me up from the theater. And I remember sitting in the car thinking to myself like, wow, that's like the first time I've walked out of a movie and just hated it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I really oh. wanted to like it. I mean, I, I love that was the first time. Yeah. I mean, I, I am very charitable when it comes to yeah, movies. That you is would have been like, you would have been in eighth grade or something. Right, I mm -hmm. think it was seventh grade. The only movie yeah. before that that had done the same had the same effect on me was X Men, uh, X Men Three: uh, The Last Stand, which that yeah. movie fucking sucks. Mm. Superhero yeah, movies, they just do it. Mm. Well, back then, dude, before they had it figured out, like I had the same reaction to Spider Man Three. I saw it when I went as uh, I was on a vacation with my friend, and Lucky. we were like, "Oh, let's see, uh, let's see Spider Man 3. and I came out, I was like, "Wow, that just." ruined it that was like a waste <laughs> why did i why did we do this on our vacation <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah, that movie fucking sucks. We should watch that for a podcast. We should, just because I wanted to get around to watching it anyway, because I know that it's kind of a source of a lot of the the first um, iteration of Spider-Man's memes. Like, I noticed that oh, yeah. when people, like, make references back to the original Peter Parker, or not Peter Parker Spider-Man, but the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, uh, they always reference that one. And it's like, why, why don't you focus on the first two, which were amazing? Probably my favorite superhero movies of all time. Yeah, they're great. I love them. Spider-Man Two. Yeah, that's. I'd say that that's a a rare, a rare example of the sequel being better than the original. The other one, of course, being Shrek Two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, famously, famously Shrek Two. Famously, Shrek Two and Spider-Man Two are the only sequels that are somehow better than the original. And Apocalypse Now Two. I guess you could say Terminator Two. Maybe there aren't. uh, Maybe there aren't a shortage of that example. (laughs) But there's few. There's very few, right? Terminator Two, Spider-Man Two, Shrek Two. And you got anybody got anything else? Leave a comment. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire Strikes Uh, Back Two. Is that a sequel though? Because it it went on to be like more of a, um, more of a a trilogy than a than like a. Same with Shrek. I guess that's that's true. Well, no, there's a lot more. And Terminator. No, there's a lot more Terminators. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's, there's I know, but like there's movies that came after almost every example we just gave. I suppose. Same with I don't Spider-Man. know. For some reason, I don't even really <laughs> count. I don't even count the Empire Strikes Back as a sequel to anything. It's just like the next episode. You know what I mean? Maybe because they call them episodes, you know, four, five, and six. Yeah, I mean, but like when it came out, you know, it was the sequel because that was before. Didn't they gave them numbers retroactively, like? Yeah, a couple they were just called a, a new out. hope and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, um, did you guys ever like have? This is kind of a tangent, but it, talking about like bad third movies, um, I was thinking about The Godfather Part Three, and um, I think that movie is generally not very widely regarded. But for some reason, I, I got me thinking about the first time I saw The Godfather. That movie had been hyped up for me for years, and I saw it probably when I was in like eighth grade or so. And for some reason, the violence in the movie had been hyped up for me. And if you've seen that, you guys have seen The Godfather, right? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, this is a spoiler. There's there is some violence That's fine, in The Godfather. It's, it's a fa- yeah, it's a famous movie. I'm pretty sure it's been spoiled many times. But yeah, yeah. the, the I, I know what you mean. The violence is hyped up in The Godfather, yeah, for sure. But it's an old movie, so I'm assuming where you're going is that it's not nearly as bad as anything that we would have come to expect from violence in movies, right? Yeah, and by the time I had seen The Godfather, uh, the first one, I had probably already seen a whole bunch of like way more violent movies. Like I'd probably seen, you know, like I really liked like like the Predator movies. You know, those are way more yeah. violent, and I'd seen those by that time. Um, but I remember there's this part where a this guy gets killed at an, at an Italian restaurant while he's eating spaghetti, and I had convinced myself the first time I saw this movie it was like a religious experience for me, and I went and told my friends I was like, guys believe the hype the godfather is the best movie you'll ever see it's also the most gory movie you'll ever see so get ready (laughs) there's a scene where this guy gets killed in an italian restaurant and it's so gory that you can see the spaghetti coming out of his throat as he gets shot and that doesn't happen i just convinced myself that that happens because i rewatched it recently (laughs) that would be really out of place in a movie like the godfather i think (laughs) just noodle shooting out of his throat yeah that's more like a peter jackson like before lord of the rings kind of gag you know yeah exactly and francis ford coppola not really known for his gags (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) in his movies but uh yeah you should watch the godfather it's it's, it is really good 
I should? Okay. Uh, I've never had anybody recommend The Godfather to me, but I'll definitely check it out. See, I, I'm worried that I haven't <laughs> seen it either, and I'm worried it's going to end up like uh, like Scarface to me. Like, I, what's that, that mean? Well, I watched Scarface, uh, I think probably about like a year ago or so, and mm-hmm. it's like this movie that's, it, it, it's like a cult classic, right? Like there that uh, image of, what's his name? What's that main character? Tony Montana. Ta- what? Tony Montana? An- yeah. Anthony Montanthony. Oh, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like where he, like, you know, the, the climax of the movie where he's on the, the staircase, like spraying people down. That's like that de facto image of Scarface and say hello to my little friend. Yeah. And like, I saw it and it was like, I was like, this is okay. I mean, this is, it's not bad, but it's not like, I Movies didn't latch onto it, it, you know? Yeah, hyped. it's like it's like the it's like Gus talking about the spaghetti thing. Like I think people like play parts back in their head so much that they're like, "Oh yeah, that was so like this happened." And it was like Scarface is the most violent <laughs> bloody movie ever. And then you go back and it's like, "Yeah, you just like shoot some people and it's like the 70s so they just fall over, you know?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we get off this tangent onto what we're probably supposed to be talking about, I have another experience actually that happened to me recently with that kind of movie. And I've probably expressed my, uh, not dislike, it's just I I have a tendency to to not really be into older movies just because for a lot of the reasons that you guys already stated, which is just like I've seen it done already better in, in new times, you know what I mean? And also a lot of stuff, especially comedy, which is what I'm going to get into. Uh, it, it's just, it was probably funny for the time, but at the same time, there are a lot of people who who cite uh, this movie that I'm about to talk about, Blazing Saddles, as being really funny still to this day. And I actually tried to watch it again. I had seen it back in high school, and I remember thinking it was it was all right. Um, but uh, a lot of my friends back then really, really, really loved it. So I rewatched it. Um, and I don't even think I laughed once. <laughs> like it's, it's. I don't know. It just doesn't really hold up for me. It, I didn't think any of it was very funny, <laughs> and it wasn't I because like this. I didn't understand the the humor. Like I get, I get, I got like the jokes, but it, I, none of it was like it just wasn't my sense of humor. I don't think, which is strange because I remember uh, having a lot of friends that loved blazing saddles. And I obviously thought a lot of those guys were funny. So maybe I've just grown out of that style of humor, but blazing saddles is like a really famous Mel Brooks movie about like the West. And the, I mean the, the joke of the movie is that there's a black sheriff and, uh, it's supposed to be a parody of racism. So it was kind of, and still is like, uh, I guess, uh, uh, what's the word like an, not an edgy movie, but like it, 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 it it's comedy at the expense of some touchy subjects for people, which mm-hmm. I don't know why racism is a touchy subject for people. Maybe because you're racist, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it it definitely has a lot of those jokes, and I feel like it's like I've heard all of these jokes already. Like, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, it, it just doesn't hold up very well. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's that the bad sometimes. thing about comedy. Like with really foundational movies, it's sometimes it's hard to go back and watch them because. It, so, so much so stuff much has time. been inspired by it yeah exactly like uh i think i feel like matt and i had this conversation recently about the star wars movies maybe i'm wrong and i was talking with someone else but like going back and watching the original star wars films i really like them but i've heard from some people that like it's hard for them to keep your attention because they seem kind of dated but i think they, they seem dated because 
so many other science fiction fantasy adventure movies have just been built on the same like tenets of those movies yeah. and, and, and iterated on. I think it's important to acknowledge that, but a lot of people don't seem to want to admit that movies that are old um, have kind of an expiration date after a certain amount of time. Like you won't watch any movies from the 1920s, right? <laughs> like it's just because they're too old. And I think a lot of these movies uh, are going to eventually reach that that point. There are a lot of people who who obviously like circle jerk around Citizen Kane, but I've seen I'm seeing less and less of it as I get older. And I think it's because it's like there's this weird like 80 year threshold or something, right? Like where if a movie's like too old, then it becomes like yeah, that's an unwatchable movie. Like there's just so much that's been done better than it by now you know what i mean and even culturally significant movies like that are, are becoming harder and harder to really hold a, a candle to i guess it's weird yeah no I, I mean you're you're completely right and i'm wondering matt so you rewatched or not re- you watched for the first time uncut gems when it came on netflix and dane and i both talked this movie up a ton i mean i i love that movie i know dane you love that movie did our yes. hyping it up like impact did we ruin it what you thought yeah <laughs> <laughs> um no i thought it was really good uh, i you guys didn't ruin much when i watched it i just one thing i thought i was remembering what you were talking about where you were saying like the entire time with all these things going on you're getting stressed out where like he has so many different like weird money things going on that you actually had to, like stand up and like walk around or something i think i remember you <laughs> saying that and i didn't think it was that stressful uh I, I I wasn't like like yeah he had like there's a lot of threads of like and you could see like it illustrated really well that it's like oh he gets something you know hold something and sell it and he just has money kind of floating in the air and it's he's just juggling all this stuff the entire movie and it, you keep waiting for it to all come crashing down but like something keeps something keeps going you know like somehow yeah. it keeps getting afloat and he'll talk his way out of a, a situation um but yeah like besides that i thought it was a really good movie uh the first part i don't know if it was just me but i have a really hard time understanding like east coast accents like and and the the music was so loud <laughs> that like he was talking and, and it was kind of throughout the movie too his like accent was hard for me to parse what he was saying sometimes hmm. uh which i thought was funny because it's just it's just me. I'm just bad with stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, his his accent is super exaggerated in the movie, like New York, oh, no, New yeah. York Jew in the Diamond District. Like he talks like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I really like how they sleezed up Adam Sandler. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't I, think he was doing a bad impression or anything. It's just kind of uh, he he definitely laid it on thick because of the location. Yeah. Oh, and I think it's appropriate too because that's like mm-hmm. I imagine that's. Yeah, probably how a lot of people sound there. Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it, they did a ton of research for the like. I know Adam Sandler did a ton of research. Uh, the Safdie brothers like went and worked in the Diamond District. This is the guys who directed it like went yeah. and worked in the Diamond District, in New York for for a while to get embedded in the culture and like see how these people acted. So, I mean, I think it is all really authentic, but it's really. I mean, the whole movie is ramped up. Like everything's kind of dialed up to eleven stylistically. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool because I can, without a doubt, say that I've never seen a movie like that before, and I I want more movies to be made that are like that. <laughs> and so, yeah, what, what do, I what mean, do you mean by that? By that yeah, so yeah. what I mean by that is I want more movies to embrace 
the idea that real conversations don't happen one line at a time. And it really sells the authenticity of the characters and the authenticity of the movie when you tell, because I can, I, on the second watch around, I was like, I was kind of studying the flow a little bit harder of like people's dialogue. And you can tell it's all very, um, it's all very scripted. It might sound very um, like improvised, but I, I have a feeling that what, at least what the Safety brothers might have told the actors is don't listen for your cue, just talk have your lines in your head and just say them whenever you fucking feel like it. Don't wait for someone to finish talking. Just say what you need to say. And then there'll be a semblance of flow in one of the takes at some point. And you can also just kind of manipulate it in editing. And, um, it works so well. Like I, I'd never really noticed until this movie came along how unnatural lines are in movies. (laughs) if that makes sense, where someone says something and then someone uh, says something after they're done talking. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, in conversations, especially intense conversations, nobody says, hey, well, fuck you. And then, you know, they wait until they're done saying fuck you and the next guy's like, no, fuck you. Like, that doesn't happen in real life ever. Like, people are just yelling and they're not listening to each other. They're just saying what they want to say. And I think it's genius of the Safety brothers to say, yeah, do that in the movie. Like, don't listen to the other person. Just say what you're going to say. And don't, like, wait for them to stop talking because no one does that in real life, like, especially in these kinds of situations. And I love that about the movie. And I want more people to do that in movies because, I don't know, I really like the authenticity of it. It's awesome. That, that is such a good observation. That like I didn't even realize that, but that is totally... I don't think there was one, like, traditional dialogue exchange in that whole movie it's just people talking at each other the entire time yeah no no one's really listening (laughs) Uh, no one's waiting for the other one to stop to say their line they're just kind of like here's what i want to say and i'm going to say it at you and then they're going and the other person's doing the exact same thing and it and it really just recreates the feeling of of intense conversations it's awesome well yeah like even there's like this part where i think the closest thing is like when there's like a one-on-one conversation like even then I feel like the main character is almost always tuning people out. Yeah. Like, like when his wife's talking to him, he's ignoring her. And then like when he's talking to Kevin Garnett, like at his computer, Kevin's like asking him a question and he's just like staring at stuff, having his own thoughts, not even listening. It's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like uh, even like scenes where like a more traditional, like pause and wait thing would make sense. And like, you know, people kind of would talk that way. Like, they still pull away from it. That's wow. I didn't even notice that, but that's it's totally, really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's, that, that was uh, why it, it felt so strange. Like yeah. there's something different about it, and I just couldn't tell. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's totally it. That's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah, the movie uses these like the lack of any dialogue breaks to like ramp up the tension and like play with your emotions because you're like trying to keep up with all this like bullshit that everyone's slinging. Everyone kind of hates each other. Everyone's mad at each other all the time. And they don't just like let you, they don't let your attention go until they like drop it to give you like a breath. And then they just, I mean, most of the movie, there's probably like just a hand, small handful of actual pauses in dialogue in that movie. It's, it really speaks to how uh, you can tell that the Safety brothers at least like know how people watch movies. Like I've seen a lot of videos of them, um, like reviewing movies online they're really into like they're huge cinephiles like they're majorly into like criterion collection uh style movies in fact i think that their 
featured in a video on the Criterion Collections YouTube channel where they're 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 picking out their favorite movies. It's a really yeah, it's good, a good video. video. Um, but you can tell that along with their insane knowledge of of movies in general, you can tell that they have this weird like they have some sort of thing where they're in tune with how people watch movies, and they I think realized that um, people are able to hear dialogue um, even though it's not like sectioned off. You know what I mean? Because um, you'd think from from like a person's perspective who's writing a movie, they'd say, well, we can't have the characters talk over each other because and then you won't hear what they're saying. Um, but that's not true, actually, in practice, because you can hear everything that everybody's saying in the movie, at least the important parts, right? Uh, because in real life, you will like kind of hook on to someone's speech and you'll only be listening to them and you'll tune out everybody else around you. But at the same time, while you're tuning them out, you'll still hear what they said, and then you'll process what they said later. Does that make sense? Because I feel like yeah. I've done that before without realizing it, where two people are talking at the same time, and I'm hearing everything that they're saying, but I'm only really focusing on one person, and then I'm kind of putting that other person uh, in the background for later for processing. <laughs> it's a weird quirk of, I think, human brains, and I think a lot of people do it, Um and I think that they realize, oh, we can just do that in the movie because people just naturally are able to listen to conversations where people are talking over each other and be able to process the information just fine. Uh, it, it puts a lot of faith in the audience, and I love that. I love when directors and writers don't like think that the audience is going to be stupid. And I, I have so much respect for them just because of that fact that they treat the audience uh, like people. <laughs> like they don't treat them like babies where it's just like no we have to have the lines come out one at a time so that everybody gets the information in the order that it's supposed to go because the audience is stupid and they won't understand it you know what i mean i think that yeah uh it's yeah. it's foolish for people to make that assumption that 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 audience members are stupid it's like no of course not like most people are pretty are they're able to understand what a movie is you know what i mean i i don't yeah. know i mean it's there probably is a layer of uh worry that people are going to understand it but it's like this thing you see in just movies as it's maturing as a medium like we were talking about how movies from the uh even like the like the 60s some are from the 70s are becoming like unwatchable and it's because like movies are getting more into its like own pace because like mm -hmm. in older movies you can see that they're just uh, the the basis is it's like oh it's a play but we can <laughs> uh, do it in uh, another place and have better backgrounds and maybe have more scenes, you know, that are yeah. spread out all over the place. And you see people's like, as cinema goes on, you kind of see like the pull away from like, uh, like even like sitcoms, you know, like they had a live studio audience. You would have the one set that obviously doesn't have a wall on one side because they have the studio cameras rolling around at like, and they do the whole thing in one take. And now you're getting a lot more like single-handed or, you know, single camera kind of setups. I think it's only natural that movies are going to keep going and be like, oh, yeah, like, we don't need to have clear, audible dialogue because we're not projecting it into a stadium. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. like, you're watching it in a theater or on your home TV. Uh, you, you can, people can hear stuff. <laughs> people can turn the, turn it up as loud as they want. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and rewind, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of things you can do. So I, I think it's just natural, and I'm sure we'll start to see more people pick up that style because it does make sense. I um, hope so. I think I like movies it. just are becoming more and more natural feeling as time goes on. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that adds to the rewatchability. 
too is if you have like in the in, in, in uncut gems in the uncut gems uh you have all these people talking over each other all the time which means like dane like what you were saying like if you're just paying if you're trying to just pay attention to like what howard is saying in a scene um and then like post-processing like putting everyone else in the back of your head to process them a little later like you're not going to focus in on certain things certain people say as much mm -hmm. so that means that the next time you see it and you can probably speak to this because you just rewatched it like the next time you see it there's like easter eggs that were in plain sight that you might not have picked up yeah on. like it was oh, definitely a little that? easier to pick up on like on other characters reactions to things rather than the main characters on the second watch around because i i didn't have to pay as much attention to howard in, in the scenes anymore i could pay attention to other people and what they were saying better so yeah, you're right. It it does give the movie a little bit of rewatchability, which is good. I was gonna try and transition actually to the um, the uh, Epstein Epstein filthy rich. Oh yeah, okay. I okay yeah, because uh, you watched the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. What's this? So, so it, give some background. Like, what is this? This is Epstein filthy so rich. It, it's a documentary. It's it's about Epstein, but more more importantly, I think uh, what. What isn't really led on by the trailer uh, is what I found as I was watching it. I sat down, I watched the whole thing in one sitting, and halfway through, like at, by the end of episode two, I realized, oh, this is this is more about the victims, which is fine. I think that it 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 really does kind of um, put the it really does drive home like just how messed up the entire situation was, um, and it went on for so long, like decades, and it's crazy that that someone with so much notoriety, like. Notability and and somebody was so famous was basically able to be a serial rapist. It's very much in the same vein of like how crazy it is that Bill Cosby was a serial rapist, right? It's like how could someone like it, it have this open secret and just get away with it? It's it's nuts. Um, but anyway, it's it's mostly about the victims and they they interview about ten uh, different women who uh, were abused by Epstein or were involved in in what is basically a pedophile <laughs> a pedophilia uh um pyramid scheme is what they were calling it which is i mean it sound, sounds weird but uh when you when you watch the documentary you you get to understand like how it worked and it's also crazy how risky that entire concept is considering it's pedophilia right <laughs> like have you guys gotten to the point where um i think it's in like episode 2 or something a police officer or an a investigator or something was explaining like using using a board with like people's names on it, like how exactly like he was setting up all of these um, inappropriate uh, inter encounters with uh, underage girls with the pyramid thing. No, I don't think I saw that part, but I remember in one, they do something like that where they show like a chain. Are you referring to like, if somebody was non-receptive to the test, they would bring a friend and it was like this weird, like way to like tie yeah. a bunch of people to it. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Um, so he would get, or, or him or his girlfriend would get like an underage girl to show up and either he would take advantage of them or he would tell them, um, and, or he would tell them like, bring like three of your friends and I'll give you $200. Yeah. And then basically like each of those friends did the same thing and it was, it's essentially a pyramid scheme, but instead of, uh, selling, uh, some, some, uh, powder to put in your drink, uh, to make you lose weight, you uh, you get molested. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I wanted to watch it because I am 
so infinitely morbidly curious about the whole uh, Epstein situation. Uh, like I said, I think that it's the craziest situation in the entire world that someone with so much like notoriety could get away with probably the most heinous thing of all time <laughs> uh, for decades without anybody without i mean like he got caught but he just like never got punished and then when he finally was about to get punished he got freaking whacked so i don't know i wanted to learn more about especially the ending to the thing and and my only complaint about the the thing spoiler alert you guys haven't watched it but i mean they don't really go into the uh the whole epstein suicide uh controversy or, or conspiracy theory however you want to look at it they they mostly just focus on the victims which is uh still fine i think that it's 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 interesting in its own right, but I was kind of expecting there to be a little bit more new information, if that makes sense. Uh, because I mean, I already pretty much know that he molested like probably you know close to a thousand girls, which is uh, reprehensible. But uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about uh, the end of his life because that is that is like the. It's 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 like the weirdest finale to this entire situation that that uh he uh committed suicide but it uh, clearly wasn't a suicide <laughs> it's yeah. just so fucking weird it's so crazy What's, to me that this is real life like i i i think we're kind of in the same boat i didn't see a trailer i just saw it on netflix uh, yeah, one yeah. day when i got on and i was like oh i'll watch this i bet this documentary it has to be about the whole epstein didn't kill himself thing right like that's what yeah. this has to be but like you're saying it's not and i and i i think it's good in a way because i think a lot of people latched on to you know like it was a meme for a while epstein didn't kill himself right just throw that into something um and i don't think a lot of people knew about all this because i didn't well they didn't know the specifics which i think is really important to realize like it was a meme right like and people obviously use humor all the time to deal with really fucked up situations which is completely healthy and i think that it's fine but I don't. I think that as a result of like the popularity of the Epstein didn't kill himself meme, a lot of people probably didn't really realize the severity of like the fucked up shit that he did to even end up in jail. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah, know it's, it's a good documentary a for those lesser. reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's good for that reason where people can actually learn like, oh fuck, this. I mean, this is this was a meme, but I mean, it's not a joke. It's it's messed up. And it's kind of scary considering like, I don't know how, how open he was about it to a degree, right? Like he was not careful <laughs> by any, any sense of the word. Like it was very easy, I think for, for any of those girls, any of those hundreds of girls that he had come over to his house and basically made all of them feel uncomfortable uh, and made them do things that they clearly, uh, that most of them clearly did not want to do. And uh, obviously it was illegal at the same time. So um, it's crazy to me that he was able to to have so much power and influence over these people that none of them really said anything until he was already dead. Or at least a few of them only said something, but when they did, they were silenced. It's so fucking weird. And, it, and it's scary and it's sobering uh, to like what really goes on behind the scenes of a lot of stuff. And uh, it's, it's very uh, interesting to me. Because, uh, I don't know, I'm morbidly curious about the fucking seedy underworld of of degenerates in this world. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Yeah, that's, that's the crazy part about the whole... I mean, I only saw... I've only watched the first episode of this series first, but 
the the crazy part that stuck out to me of the first episode is that the guy who worked on the island he had this this uh, private island in the Virgin yeah. Islands. Uh, the guy who worked there was like, yeah, one time I was on this island, like cleaning up or whatever. And uh, Jeffrey Epstein was sitting on the porch with Bill Clinton. And yeah. he talks about like one of the, like a member of British royalty, like Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew. There. And yeah. Who, like, is, who has been like in recent news, like convicted of pedophilia himself. So. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, if these guys were so openly hanging out with this guy and they're like some of the most powerful like or among the most powerful like echelon of people in the world like like who else is hanging out with you know the 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 jeffrey epsteins that are they're still out there because i've you know it's not right. just this one guy doing this crazy stuff out in the open it's got to be there's got to be more so i mean that's what fuels the that's what fuels the meme of oh yeah you know and Epstein the, didn't kill himself yeah and the and the clear reason for people believing that he didn't ki- kill himself is that he had information uh, that would have gotten a lot of people in trouble. And there were times during, um, during this, this documentary, I was, I was so, I was like blown away by this every once in a while. One of the, the victims, one of the girls would say, um, yeah, I, I would be on his plane or I would be on his Island and I would see all of these, uh, famous people there participating in this. And I literally out loud, I would yell at the fucking monitor. I would yell names like, why, why why are you say who it is, please? Like, uh, that's why, I mean, honestly, like that's why Jeffrey Epstein was probably killed is because he, he knows who is in on this too. Right. And obviously whoever, you know, uh, it is, didn't want that to happen, but there's still all of these people, the fucking gardener saw, saw prince andrew uh by the beach like with a bunch of topless uh underage girls like that that it's in itself is like that's that's means to 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 put forth an entire investigation like who else was doing shit like that right like we have all of these witnesses who just like didn't to say anything like i don't get it man it's like say well, they uh, still, say some shit dude it's the same situation they still can't because like nobody ratted on epstein because he has power and he can ruin your life and the people I that suppose. are still out there and not convicted are—it's the same situation. It's like it powers. They unfair. use scare tactics, and here's the thing: is that like I thought it was interesting how how little he did to really truly punish the people who did like speak to the FBI, uh, because those girls who did go to the FBI or went to uh, the the um, the police department at least. Uh, whenever Epstein or uh, or his girlfriend found out about it, they I guess would would call them and say like, "Oh, like it's not safe. You're not safe. Uh, like walking alone at night. Like we're gonna get you." Or they would like hire private investigators to follow them around to like scare them. But I mean, they would just hire private investigators. That's not that hard. Anybody can do that. I was I felt like I mean like obviously it it, it is very scary. And you're whenever you're in that situation, so obviously I can't say shit because I'm I've never been in the situation where I'm being threatened by a fucking uh, billionaire. But <laughs> at the same time, all of <laughs> the like yet. all of the threats that he was making were so empty to me. Like in like looking back on it, like the, what you're gonna get a private investigator to follow me around and do what? Like watch what I do? Who cares? Like what are you gonna do with that information? Like I don't know. I I feel like 
if he would have like had someone assassinated or whatever, if there was like evidence that he did that, then maybe I would be a little bit afraid. But at the same time, it's like, man, I don't know. Maybe I have a little bit more of a fuck you factor since I the guy's dead, so it's easy yeah. to talk shit. I mean, I wouldn't have ever said anything. I if I if someone even like started tailing me and made threats like that, it's like I'm not gonna find out if I'm the first one. This guy's willing to murder. <laughs> yeah, you know? I suppose you're right. Yeah, maybe I would be the first one. he's like yeah he's never done anything like that and i was like well not yet maybe i will be the first (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh you know in these i am uh matt and i are both in 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 big cities and dane you're like in sacramento which i know there was a bunch of uh, unrest over the over the weekend so it's funny that we during these stressful times of seemingly the world you know maybe not ending but certainly not it's getting close a very right? good place <laughs> uh it's funny that we gravitate toward we all independently gravitated towards watching a a fuck documentary about a you know <laughs> fucking billionaire pedophile i would have done that <laughs> even if there was no crazy social unrest going on but uh yeah it is it is probably not a great time to be watching stuff like that because you get this i i came away from the the that that documentary uh pretty much with just the feeling that like oh man i don't know anything about like what how the world works like there's (laughs) there's stuff that goes on behind closed doors that i will never understand that i'll never be a part of uh simply because i'll never have that much money like it's Uh just um it's just the way the world works. And I think that it, you, people have the right to complain about it, but I think it's it's too far gone at this point. It's just too much. Like, there has to be... Uh, like, I think the only people that have the right idea, and I don't necessarily agree with this strategy, but I think the only people that have the most realistic idea of how to upset this are anarchists because, yeah, you pretty much just need to flip the table over in order to actually have things fall into a, a slightly more fair situation. Like, there's no way that we can ever get to a truly fair situation from where we are now. It's just unrealistic, in my opinion. And the only people that that have a realistic way of looking at it are the people who are like, yeah, just fucking flip the table over because there's no way to, like, organize this anymore. Yeah, we, you know, this is a podcast about movies and video games, and we typically don't... Oh, sorry. Like, no, 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 what I'm saying is, like, we typically don't talk about politics, but... Sure. There's a, like, this is, we're at a breaking point in the country, and it all feels so hopeless, so I, like, what yeah, else yeah. are you supposed to do but go out and, you know, you know, fucking yell in the streets? Like, yeah. I... It's just so cra- like there's so much horrible shit happening in the world right now that my heart goes out to everyone on the on the streets right now protesting in in my city of Chicago and braver than me that's for sure. It's I mean especially during a fucking pandemic it's like you yeah know, what what I what could change I, I wouldn't I even know. go to a concert let alone a fucking rally you know yeah so I mean these are I mean these are people who I. You know, I think I've just had enough, and I, I really see what where they're coming from. But it makes sense, it does. Um, you know, but the, the fact of the matter is, Epstein did not kill himself. There's no way. Of course, <laughs> there's and no I, way. I I did a little bit more research because I was a little bit unsatisfied with the uh, the the lack of like conspiracy information that the documentary had. So I did a little bit of my own uh, research, very little, but. Uh, I found out that actually um, only 21% of Americans believe that Epstein actually did kill himself, which is 
insane because I mean it is very much a conspiracy theory. There's no doubt about that. But you don't really see a whole. You don't see like twenty one percent of people believing that uh, that we landed on the moon. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely the most popular conspiracy theory there ever was. Like I, it's the one thing that unites both sides of the left and right, uh, black and white. They can all get together and agree. <laughs> <laughs> that uh <laughs> that Epstein didn't kill himself and i think that that's really interesting like from a psychological uh standpoint that no matter what you believe about about like um how the world works whether you believe that police are good or police are bad or whatever most people believe that rich people are getting away with some shit <laughs> and uh <laughs> that they are always that they are willing to like kill people to keep uh getting away with all the shit that they want to get away with so maybe uh, that's why we all gravitated towards this documentary because it's just like it's a, some sort of great unifier of just like yeah we can yeah. all we can all agree that well this is honestly I opened insane. Netflix because I wanted to watch Uncut Gems and then I saw um I saw the trailer and I was like I think I'll watch this first yeah like the the Epstein cover up is like the shittiest the shittiest excuse that worked <laughs> it really is it, it, it's like the opposite of the Safety brothers at this point. It's like, how stupid do you think we are, right? Like, this is the this is the this is the situation where we're being treated like like idiots. Like, what? The cameras were off in the prison cell of the most like high profile prisoner you've ever had at your prison for just like three hours, and in that three hours, he died. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> that makes so much sense, dude. Like, just that, just that by itself. There's so many other like damning evidence in that entire situation. But that all by itself is just enough for people to like, you know, scratch their chin and say, wait a minute, that seems really convenient. Yeah. Like <laughs> if this was a movie and that yeah. was the excuse, the movie, like it wouldn't lean into it. It would be like, <laughs> nobody would believe it. There would yeah. Be people would say that's a it. shitty movie. That's a shitty, that the writers really, really, uh, really made a stretch there. Doesn't make any sense. So he died off screen. All right. The main character died off screen. Okay. Hmm. If that were a mission in Hitman, like you would get less points for like turning <laughs> off the camera and killing him like that. Yeah, because it would just make everybody suspicious. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's it's weird to think that there is there's a unifying conspiracy theory, right? Like every both sides of the of this of the political spectrum seem to have their little conspiracy theories, but that's that's both of ours, both of ours. You know, we both believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of fucked up. Yeah, things. let's transition out of this depressing <laughs> topic. I feel like I'm I'm at uh, I'm more I'm more divulging things uh, to this podcast than I should. <laughs> should probably talk to a shrink. Um, I th I think it's fucked up that a Minecraft spinoff is as good as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of what yeah. I was getting at. Okay, uh, so yeah, Minecraft Dungeons is what we wanted to talk about. Which <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's it, really you know. Speaking of things that are horrible, Minecraft Dungeons is not one of them. Minecraft Dungeons <laughs> is quite good. <laughs> okay, good, good. I like that transition. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. great. <laughs> um, I will say uh, personally. I've never played an ARPG before. I've never played Diablo. I've never played Path of Exile. I've never played uh, anything else like that. So this is my actual first ARPG, and I've heard from many people that this is the introduction to the genre, Minecraft Dungeons, because it's very basic. It's very straightforward as far as mm -hmm. ARPGs go. And I can feel that. Definitely can feel that. But I still like it. 
I think it's a lot of fun, and 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 despite it being, um, what people have been describing it as very basic, it still feels like it has some depth to it. Like I still feel like there's there's a lot of things to to like experiment with as far as like weapon synergies and and uh, builds and things like that. So it's it's cool. I, I like it. Um, have you guys been uh, been having fun with the uh, with the? I don't know if you guys have ever played. Um, like Diablo or whatever. So I don't know. Uh, you might have a little bit more things to compare it to, but I don't really have anything to compare it to besides just <laughs> vanilla Minecraft, which is, it's nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. I have played quite a few um, ARPGs and dungeon crawlers. Um, I recently, I've been playing a bunch of Hades, the super giant games, the developers of Bastion, Transistor, Pyre. Um, they did an ARPG that's in like uh, early access right now, but it's really polished called Hades. Um, that we talked about in a podcast before, um, but it's really good and it's a it's a really deep um, ARPG. It's more like character focused than Minecraft Dungeons, but I've also played a pretty good amount of um, Diablo, Diablo three specifically, and um, yeah, I think it's re- it's really fair to say that um, Minecraft Dungeons is a like I wouldn't say lightweight, but it, it's a it's a pretty pair pretty pared down arpg you don't have these huge um trees like uh skill trees like you might find in a game like path of exile or like diablo 2 um or even diablo 3 you have um a, a simplified version of diablo 2's um upgrade trees but you still i mean there's still a ton of options um and minecraft gives you a lot of options there's a lot of cool um there's a lot of cool systems in place that are very similar to like big arpgs like diablo um, like, um, rather than having spells, like, uh, in Diablo, you have like a class and your class is like a uh, demon hunter or wizard or uh, monk. And all of these classes have different spells and abilities that they can use. Um, in Minecraft dungeons, you don't have that. You have, um, artifacts, which are these like objects that you have that, um, are, are like an equipment. So you can get different levels and different, like, different versions of these that do different things but they they functionally act as your spells but what's cool is you can like swap them on the fly so you always have different spells to try out um and i think like dane like what you're saying like this being a good introduction to the genre what minecraft dungeons does really well is it makes it really easy for you to dip your toes in all sorts of different types of uh of builds and uh abilities it makes the game feel super um, adaptable to ho- however you want to play it while still maintaining like it's still a really fun game like the minecraft aesthetic looks great and um i mean the swarms of enemies feel like a like a great arpg like you're getting that you're getting that same experience and if you like minecraft it's just a um like you know it's it'll feel very the, familiar the yeah they use pretty much all of the same enemy types and they use them very effectively i must say like a lot of the enemy types don't seem like they were just shoehorned in. Like they actually have a very, very similar purpose uh, to how they act in in regular Minecraft, and they work perfectly in this game. Like it's kind of weird. Like <laughs> um, I saw the trailer for Minecraft Dungeons, and I was just like, that doesn't that doesn't seem appropriate. Like why would you do that? After playing this game, I'm like, okay, now I see. Because somebody thought, oh, what if there was an ARPG where the creeper was in it. Oh, and the zombie and the and the and the skeleton archer and oh, and we can have uh like Enderman bosses. Uh, that boss fight sounds really interesting. Oh, and we can have like um the uh the what do you call it the the pillagers? They can be kind of the Zerg enemy and and like it all kind of works out. 
in this weird way where it's like the enemies in Minecraft dungeons don't act very dissimilar to how they act in Minecraft or like regular no. Minecraft, but they work the, like as an ARPG enemy also. It's very weird how it all worked out. <laughs> like it, it was almost meant to be almost. It's kind of cool. Well, Minecraft is almost a dungeon crawler. Like a, a big part of that True. game is you find these dungeons True. underground and you clear them out of monsters. So really, it just kind of tilts the camera and adds some systems <laughs> there that uh, sure, make it sure, feel more into sure. the genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, dude, it's so good. Like I, I feel like everything I've been playing this past year has led me up to this moment <laughs> of playing Minecraft dungeons. Because <laughs> like, because like I've never been interested in. Like I played action RPGs, but I've never played like a Diablo or a Path of Exile. And I've seen these games at like the end state. Like I, I have a couple of friends in our Discord that will play Path of Exile and they'll stream it and and I'll watch it. And it's just like this character model that's moving around with a million particle effects and I have no idea what's going on and it just kind of <laughs> looks like visual overkill to me. But this past year, I've been playing games more where it's like MMOs where you build characters. So... I played uh, Warcraft Classic when that came out, and I kind of learned about like building a character that can kind of go as wild as you can get it to. Like I played Shaman, and Shaman's basically like you spam your cooldowns, you press all your buttons, and try to kill something insanely fast. And it feels crazy when you get it, but it's still toned back because it's like it's like a normal like it can't it can't be too crazy in that game. Um, but what's awesome about this game is you can just go you can go fucking wild like uh <laughs> like the we were talking before the podcast and i was talking about this build i have right now and it's like i'm playing my shaman character but times 10 like i have this build right <laughs> now where i have these weapons that have incredibly high uh attack speed and then on top of that I have an item that gives me 35% faster attack speed and I do more damage. And then on top of that, my weapon has like a one in three chance of doing three times the amount of damage. And then on top of that, I can blow up like, like literally like when I'm playing this game, I just run up to a mob. I roll in, I charm three of them. So I have like three people. It causes this chaos and all the enemies don't know what to do. And then I just click a couple buttons and just explode an entire group of enemies and it's it's so satisfying. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it it's just like building like because like building characters in games. It's like I never really care because it's like like you can kind of do this in Destiny too. It's a loot game also where you can get these items that will kind of change how you play, but it's never like too much. It's like a little slight. And then when you build like a character in like a traditional RPG, like you can spec towards certain things, but it's never it's it it can never go too wild. But in this game, it just goes, at, there's just some things that are just incredibly broken and just fucking bonkers, <laughs> but, but you can do it and but you they can allow switch for it, between, yeah, yeah nice. and you can switch between things so easy cause there's no classes. Cause like the only thing that matters is your weapon and your artifact and mm -hmm. you can just swap them out and try anything you want whenever. It's yeah. awesome. It's, it's so good. <laughs> The scaling oh, system for like, as you move, as you progress through the game, you constantly have to update your loot. And because the loot is all randomized, you'll find yourself basically switching your your class entirely, like from from like every five 
five to ten levels, you'll just find yourself playing in an entirely new class. Unless you like get extremely lucky and are able to keep rolling that same type of thing over and over again. But yeah, I noticed like as I was as I'm progressing up to the max level, which is like uh, I think the max level loot you can get is like 108 or something. I'm like level uh, 90 or something right now. I'm getting kind of close, but I've noticed that as I'm going through the game, it's almost like on your way to the plateau where you start actually rolling for the exact class that you want to play, which is at 108, uh, on your way there, the game kind of like forces you to try everything out. And it's really interesting, like you kind of inadvertently like end up playing every iteration of like uh of of weapon combos as you go along the game just because like oh i found like i found a, a set of daggers that's like 10 levels higher than the the claymore that i'm using now so i might as well switch to that until i find something else that's better and so you start playing with daggers and this whole time you've been playing with a claymore which is like super slow but it does a lot of damage and you're like oh this is cool i can just slam enemies and they like two shot everything but then you switch to daggers and you're like oh wow this is so fast and so chaotic and like I put I put a healing thing on it so like I can heal way faster with this. You know, like this is pretty cool. And then like all of a sudden you find a really fucking OP crossbow and then like for a while you're just like doing ranged uh doing a range class mm-hmm. for like 10 levels. And you're like, "Oh, this is awesome. Like I could get behind this." And after a while you start like inadvertently just I don't know, trying out every class in the game as you level up. And then by the time that you get to the max level, you're like, "All right, I have my favorite and that's the one I'm going to grind for. And then now you have an end game and it's just like, Oh, it's just really like genius game design. It's really good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it, yeah. It just feels like they really took, they really took the genre seriously. And um, like, this is a game, Minecraft dungeons, like Minecraft, Minecraft, anything is going to sell a ton because people love Minecraft, especially the past like year for some <laughs> reason, the genre, the, 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 the game, it had a resurgence yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and I know the uh, there was a Telltale game, like Minecraft Story Mode, that I think at least at first was really popular. But um, That's a bit of a cult yeah, following I mean, ev- as far as I know. Everything you're, uh, everything you're describing, I mean, really is like that's all the best parts of, a, uh, of an action RPG. Like in Diablo, as you're, um, as you're leveling up, you, you go through that same thing, but you have to choose a class. So Diablo encourages a whole lot of replay. Um, mm-hmm. As you guys are finding, you were telling me that um, you are like about to beat the game on like the third highest difficulty. So like meaning you're meaning you're about to beat the game for like the third time. Yeah. Um, Diablo has that same kind of gameplay loop where you beat the game with one class and then you go back and either try to like min max the class that you're playing and get like grind for all the all the loot that you know you like this time this time around or try a completely different class um, and see how that is. But minecraft dungeons has figured out this way to like do all of that really like during one playthrough and then you're refining that with all of your other playthroughs but um i mean really this is all this is all part for the course in the action action rpg genre so maybe maybe this is just a genre for you dane i i like the idea of it although i must say um i did get a little curious about path of exile and i feel like that is like uh the opposite of an introduction (laughs) Uh, it feels oh, like yeah. overwhelming, and I don't really see myself even trying it anytime soon. I have a feeling that, the, that if I were to try a different ARPG, it would definitely just be Diablo three. Like that seems like the no brainer jump. But I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not bored with uh, with Minecraft Dungeons just yet. I, I still have 
to beat the game on Apocalypse difficulty, I still would like to grind for my perfect uh, my perfect set of armor and, and weapon. And also, um, because, like uh, Matt said, uh, your character is not based on anything except for loot. Like, if you unequip everything, you're just, you're worthless. Like, you don't have any, like, your character can't do anything. Um, so, it's entirely loot dependent, which means that even after I grind for my perfect set of armor and and uh, and and weapons to complement the build that I want to run, even after I'm done doing that, I can still decide. Okay, well now I want to grind for um, like a different style of characters' weapons, and then I'll do that. You know, and then now I'll have two sets of. Uh, it's almost like I have two classes that I can play on the exact same character. So uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of endless. Uh, just, I don't know, potential to play the game as long as you want. And plus, uh, apparently they have two DLCs planned. They've already sold, uh, like, the, what is it, the the Hero Edition or whatever it's called? Like, the you pay 10 extra dollars. Uh, it's normally $20. You pay $30 for the Hero Edition, you get, like, some extra stuff like cosmetics. But uh, you also basically pre-order the two DLCs that they have planned. I guess the next one's coming out next month. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons, uh, it's a thing, and uh, I'm excited to keep playing it for however long I uh, I feel like playing it. <laughs> yeah, and for twenty dollars, what a good deal! Yeah, it doesn't feel like a twenty dollar game. It feels like a like a full fledged game. I don't really, I don't know. I'm not complaining. I, I think I'm done with it after today. <laughs> after today, uh, why? Yeah, because I'm. Like, like everything you're saying is true. Like, you can grind for a bunch of different things, a uh, bunch of different sets, so you can just have these, like, max-level things uh, or max-level builds for every type of gameplay style. Yeah. But the the thing that I look for is... Right now, I have a goal, and it's to hit max power level and beat the game. Um, yeah. But when that happens, I don't know what I'm going to try to do. Because I I don't think there's anything beyond apocalypse mode. I might be wrong, but no, there isn't now. Uh, they might add another one, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it it see yeah. I don't know. I um. So you're saying that once you beat the game on apocalypse, like you feel like that's the the end of the game? <laughs> yeah, because like I I enjoy playing it, and I'll probably jump in with like I played this game. I've played this game essentially nonstop since Friday. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've I've sunk a good amount of time in these past few days. It's kind of it's almost as bad as when I played RimWorld for the first time. <laughs> um, but I I've sunk so much time in, and I'm at about at that peak. And like I think that the thing that you would need after is something that's insanely challenging, but you actually have to beat with some semblance of like strategy or like a really good build to get through yeah, it, yeah. like a, like a apocalypse plus mode. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I can already, the only thing I can't beat right now is the final boss. And it's just yeah. because I keep potatoing and, um, <laughs> getting hit by lasers. Uh, yeah. but like I can handle enemies just fine. And if I can handle en- enemies just fine and I'm only power level, like 98, then, uh, one away, it's just going to be overkill. And I don't know if I'll just enjoy his, like I want to grind with a purpose is what I'm trying to say. That makes like, sense. Uh, yeah. Like if they add some sort of like boss rush mode or endless mode or something crazy like that. And there's yeah. a lot of things they could do. I just don't think there's anything in there. So I might be taking a good break until 
maybe like the DLC add something like that. Or yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I suppose I just like the gameplay enough to where I could just kind of mindlessly play it, and the goal is just eventually it's like a, just a slot machine with uh, with a fun gameplay loop. It's very much like Man vs Machine in TF2, where uh, I mean the uh, the gameplay is fun enough to keep playing, uh, and the the loot at the end is just kind of a bonus little goal that you're also working towards, but it's just kind of like, oh, if it happens, it happens. It's not like it's not like that's the entire reason I'm playing. I'm also just playing because I like the game, you know what I mean? Yeah. But if like if if you don't have like a, an end goal that is that is concrete, because honestly, just grinding for a better version of stuff you already have now uh, is not really a concrete goal. It's just kind of like, oh, that's just something that might eventually happen if I get lucky. Then I could see mm-hmm. it not being it not having a whole lot of longevity unless you like have something else to look forward to. And I guess I just kind of right now at least I might change my mind after I play it uh, a little bit more. But I like the the longevity of uh, of how fun the the game plays. You know what I mean? Like I, it's satisfying to to kill mobs over and over and over again, run through dungeons and and uh, and I don't know experience the gameplay. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah, and I, I, I do like the gameplay. It's just there's, the the way your character is powered is similar to Destiny Two, mm-hmm. and they probably they probably played a lot of Destiny Two, honestly. Yeah, like the one thing different is like Destiny Two, your guns don't have damage. It's a light level that you achieve from all your gear. So in a weird way, your armor decides how strong you are. Also, um. In this game, it's just there's a stat on your weapon, yeah. but like the the average score is still the same. But what they do that I think is really smart in Destiny Two to keep you hooked is you can get to like they have like a light cap and a hard cap. So let's say I forget what it is in Destiny because they keep changing numbers. Um, but let's say like soft cap was level 100 if that was in this game, right? So you would get to level 100 because right now, like I'm sure you've noticed, you can get you get stronger gear almost every dungeon you clear, right? Mm-hmm. And then in Destiny, how it works is once you hit 100, there's only certain activities you can do that are going to give you something that can fill a slot to go up to 101. And so uh, it introduced this system that... It, it, and it's kind of like... I think it's something that you said you don't like. It, it's kind of like you need to log in almost not every day, but it's encouraging you to keep coming back because in destiny, there's only like three things a day you can do to get your gear leveled up. And then it, it's a random role and you need to get the gear in every slot. So it's like the, the last 10 points of power take weeks to do uh, just because of how the game will limit it, how the gear rolls out. Mm. Um, and it's not a perfect system, but if that system was in this game, I would see myself playing it a whole lot more. I'm just, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just a sucker <laughs> and I fall <laughs> for stuff like that. And if there's like, if I don't have that number to chase and I, it's just hard for me to keep going on, you know, like I need, sure. I need a drive. It's, it's why fallout. You might 76. find it. You might find it. I've been watching a few streamers and, and these streamers are like their characters are level 200 and they've been grinding for a very yeah (laughs) oh like personal like the character level their character level is 200 right okay so that's just like you know that's just a testament to how long they've been playing they've been playing nonstop since it came out and um 
these guys they they've basically been in the end game for you know days now and their end game is basically run a dungeon over and over and over again hoping to get a 108 uh like this guy that i watched was was running um uh the desert temple over and over again hoping to get a, a specifically he wanted a level 108 wither armor with enchantments that he liked and it's like that's just what he's going for and he's just kind of throwing his character into the dungeon over and over again waiting for this drop and i i can see how that would not be fun for people but one he's a streamer so it's like he can play and talk at the same time but i could also see it being fun for people who play together and it being kind of like world of warcraft in that way where it's just like it's more of a social thing at that point it's like at the uh, whenever you get to the end game of this thing it's like are you really playing the game because you 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 want to play the game or are you playing it because it's just something to do in the background you know what i mean and there's just oh there's a goal but it's it's a very passive goal and there's something to do but it's a very passive thing to do because obviously like you said i mean when you get in the over the 100 mark of gear level like i imagine dungeons are probably not that hard to traverse so uh yeah i don't know it has that kind of um that that weird background longevity that uh, a lot of those types of games seem to have like 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 i already said world of warcraft where it's just kind of like you do it because it's just something to do it's not necessarily like it doesn't take a whole lot of your like concentration <laughs> but see like we're in warcraft there's there's parts where like really challenging instances where you do need to think and that's like what sure. people kind of gear up and go for and like what I like the 108 thing that now that you mentioned is pretty true because like they kind of do have the soft and hard cap where soft is 107 but you'll get a random drop for 108 and it's mm -hmm. incredibly rare and hard to get so that yeah. is something to chase but uh what I would like is like I'm gonna keep comparing to Destiny 2 because for as many weird things they do in that game they do a lot right um they have these like little mini dungeons they call strikes and they, they even have raids um but uh, for the strikes, they'll have like this weekly one where it's on this really hard difficulty and you need to have basically got to the max level or you're approaching it like you can do it lower, but it's harder. Um, and it's just a challenging encounter. It's just like genuinely hard uh, and you have to be geared up and it's like you have to prep and build your character the right way to do this. And I don't know if that's in the spirit of this game, but I would absolutely love love that. Like if there was, you know, like Apocalypse Plus or some yeah, sort of yeah. mode where you go in and you have to think about the encounters and actually prep a build for it, that that would get me to keep, like, keep playing. Like right now, that's kind of how it is because I'm going into something that I probably shouldn't be, but I can do it if I If think. you play smart. <laughs> yeah, if I play smart sure. and don't just like click forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really like. But once that's gone, it's going to it's going to suck. So yeah, I'm just hoping I agree. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. I want hard plus insane. Plus I could see that coming. I could I could definitely see that being a thing. That seems yeah, like the, the sure next logical step. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I have four different friend groups that I've been playing this game with. Uh, and each friend group I have a different character for <laughs> because I just uh, I try and play at the same level as them. Uh, to try and make it a little bit more even so that I'm not like jacking up the 
the power level like an insane amount. Um, but I, I, I have found that the most fun that I've had in this game by far is just playing um, like at like the lower levels and um, playing with like four people. And I, I've told all of my friends, I was just like, all right, when we do these dungeons as a four-man stack, never do it on the recommended difficulty. Go one tick higher yeah. every time uh-huh. because that's, where, that's the sweet spot of fun because... It's challenging enough to where, like, if we just, like, brain, like, if we just, like, go in brainless, like, we're going to die. There's just no way that we could beat it if we just, like, don't pay attention. And so it kind of, like, makes the game a little bit, it, it makes it feel like it's supposed to. I, I I wish that the recommended difficulty was one tick higher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where it's just always like that. Uh, and you kind of have to go out of your way to make the game challenging a little bit, which uh, th- there's the option for it, so it makes sense. And I'm not complaining too much that I have to move the slider over one tick every time to actually have fun in the game. Um, but I will recommend that to anybody who's playing Minecraft Dungeons and feels that it's too easy, just like move the move the slider over one. Like it's enough to where it's not like insanely impossible, but it's also not like to a point where you can just brain turn your brain off and just hold click forward and 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 win. Um I was playing with some people earlier today and um I think two of them had just started the game for the first time today. And uh so it was a lot of fun like seeing them learn like oh we should not like run headfirst into a bunch of enemies. We should try and like lead them down a choke point or something or like learning how to deal with each individual type of enemy. Like when we got to uh, to the desert temple, we were encountering a ton of those fucking... Uh, uh, what are the guys that spawn a billion zombies and they don't really fight you? They just kind of spawn ads and they just run away from you? I just the called evoker. them big boys. No, it's the not bi- evoker. Not the evokers. Um, that's like a boss fight. They're just like regular enemies in that level. They appear all the time. I think they're like... Uh, lich they're liches is that what they're called lich? oh so, something like right. that yeah yeah but i mean the gimmick behind those with those enemies is they don't really they do very minimal damage themselves but what's annoying is like every 10 seconds they spawn like 10 zombies around them so it can be very difficult to get to that enemy and kill it to stop it from spawning a bunch of ads and so whenever we got into the situation where there were three liches in a room we would inadvertently all the time uh like basically lead them down a choke point and it became impossible to kill them at that point because they would just keep spawning ads and we literally could not break through the wall of ads that they were spawning because it was just choke point and we couldn't get to the actual source of the the ads being spawned and we would just get overwhelmed and die so after a while like we all put our heads together and we're like all right when we fight those enemies we need to lead them into a big room so that we can go around them and and fight them uh from the back and so like it's moments like that that make the game fun. Uh, and I don't know, just kind of getting a good weapon and, and, and spamming it into a group of enemies and killing them all in one shot and just getting to the end of the dungeon. I feel like that's a good way to really uh, really make the game not, not so fun anymore. So Exactly. Uh, as long as you're exactly. just aware of that, I feel like the game has, has a lot of fun factor to it. And honestly, playing it with friends is a no-brainer. Like If you have friends that, that have the game, definitely play it with them it's i mean every game is better with friends like what game isn't right um but minecraft dungeons is is especially a lot of fun with friends it's great and i think this game is i've been playing it so 
on my end, I've been playing it differently than y'all. I, I my girlfriend bought it on Switch, and we've been just playing couch co-op mm-hmm. um, to, to play it. But um, I think you all are playing on PC, and I believe if you have Game Pass, I think my uh, Minecraft Dungeons just comes with Game Pass. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. So if you already have that subscription, it's just a part of it. But um, that kind of leads me into what I one crazy thing I think of about this game. So I've been playing right on the Nintendo Switch. And the first thing you see when you boot up Minecraft Dungeons is this like Marvel Studios-esque loading screen for uh, <laughs> Xbox Game Studios on a Nintendo console, which Whoa. is just crazy to me. Like huh. this is a this is a absolute bona fide Microsoft property, you know, just as much of a Microsoft property as Halo, just as much of a Microsoft property as Gears of War. But I'm playing it on the little nintendo switch you know which typically just plays nintendo games um and i think that's just a really exciting it's like a really exciting place we're in in video games where that's even a that's even a thing yeah cross-platforming is uh is becoming more more popular to the uh to the horror of uh, a bunch of playstation fans i'm sure (laughs) wasn't there a guy on twitter who uh who is like throwing a a legitimate tra- like tantrum like he was gonna start crying because uh because <laughs> i think like mlb the show or something was going cross-platform or something and he like he like i don't know he was going crazy i saw this video i forget what it, I, I i i don't even know what to search to find this video but this i saw a video uh somebody linked it on twitter of this guy who was streaming at the time that they uh that they announced the mlb the show which is a game um for playstation i guess was going to uh, to be PC. It' gonna go to PC. They were gonna stop being PlayStation exclusive. And he like he like went he went crazy. Like he he like uh, he added PlayStation's Twitter and stuff, and like was calling them names <laughs> and stuff. It's just crazy. People like it's that just are weird. actually like fucking delusional. I don't. I don't understand. get it. Like why why do you care so much about like what games are PlayStation exclusive? Because they're dude, they're fanboys. Like that's that's all it is. <laughs> it, it, it's just like blind allegiance to the people you give money to. Like it makes no sense. They're like gaming simps, you know. Like <laughs> gaming simps, gaming yes. simps. We'll just call them that now instead of fanboys. I like that better. <laughs> yeah, well, Minecraft Dungeons brings out the gaming simp in a lot of people because I bet that guy, you know, or I bet there's another version of that guy who has the same attitude towards uh, Minecraft Dungeons. Yeah. Why is it on Nintendo? It doesn't make any sense. It's an Xbox property. <laughs> what are they going to add master chief to smash <laughs> i hope they do that'd be awesome yeah, i i would love them to add add uh, any microsoft property to uh or, or i guess the microsoft properties that i like to smash like uh, minecraft steve would be amazing i know a lot of people or not maybe not a lot of people but i know a few people who who would absolutely hate minecraft steve to be in uh that'd in be my, so great in, would it would i don't know after this it's probably a lock after after minecraft dungeons being you on, so? minecraft before it was on the switch after this yeah. i don't know it seems like there is there's some hands being shaken sure i, I sure hope Nintendo so because minecraft i mean when it comes to super smash brothers not only is it a great game but it's kind of also a great representant 
it's a great way to represent like all of the iconic gaming legends. <laughs> if I, I don't, if I, sorry, I, I, I laughed at the absurdity of that sentence. Um, the no, Minecraft Steve the, is a the, legend. the iconic gaming legends. Uh, the I know, but I just like the idea. The iconic gaming legend sounds like a video, like a YouTube video. Iconic gaming le- top ten iconic gaming legends. Um, <laughs> Watch number, number ten, Bubsy, Master Chief from Halo. <laughs> yeah, we included Master Chief as number. 10 uh, I, I really want to make a channel like that anyway um there's uh <laughs> there's definitely something to be said about minecraft being like definitely a part of that like gaming history so i would want at least something from minecraft to be represented and what i i mean like i i like um i like super smash brothers but i also kind of view it as like a hall of fame in a way where it's just like oh this is where all of the the cool video games are like represented and you get to play as them. So I would like my favorite, one of my favorite games to be represented. A lot of people are saying like uh, heavy from TF2 is going to get in, but I highly doubt that. That Dude, doesn't I'd seem be likely so at all. <laughs> I don't think Valve even answered. Yeah, if, if Valve got an email from Nintendo, they wouldn't answer it. They would just be like, no, Gabe would, uh, Gabe would uh, <laughs> answer it personally. Just like he's answered a couple of my emails. Personally. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're right. If, if he's answering your emails, he'll probably answer one from, uh, from Reggie from Nintendo. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, and by the way, just for anybody who's listening, I know that Reggie doesn't work in Nintendo anymore. I just like to make the joke all the time. Uh, it's a very, it's a very reliable joke for me to make, uh, where I pretend like someone who doesn't work for a company still works there. For instance, anytime that something wrong happens in Minecraft dungeons, I always blame Notch. So there's that. (laughs) I say, Notch, please fix this. Notch will fix your game. I'm getting stuck on the terrain. Notch, what are you doing? Dan, you are, you are not just a bad boy of comedy, but I consider you an iconic legend of gaming so you <laughs> have yes. all the slack you want i would love to be in smash put me in smash and not even oh. like my my uh my tf2 avatar just me just me as a human <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> and i'm like hyper realistic i'm not like anime or anything i'm just like it just looks like like they scanned me like in, in like they 3d scanned my body and they put me like in. the original mortal Kombat, had yeah. those actors doing all the animations <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly like that i would love to see kirby and solid snake kick your ass in i would gladly get my ass beat by kirby <laughs> not solid snake though fuck him okay sometimes i just like to say that. stuff that i know will upset you yeah and it did it did Dan. <laughs> um but you know speaking of minecraft dungeons and just like the weird place it's in with it being on like the switch and game pass, which is like a subscription service, like, and the fact that it's, this is an action RPG, which is typically a very dense genre that has this not, not candy coating, but has this, uh, aesthetic like straight out of Minecraft. So, I mean, the, the thing I think I like most about this game is just how accessible it is like super smash brothers, a game that's super, super dense and super deep, but you know, it really is just like a hall of fame of gaming that anyone can get into. Like Minecraft Dungeons is a super accessible uh, action RPG that anyone can get into. Like my girlfriend bought this game and she's never played an action RPG before. Like you, mm-hmm. um, she just really likes Minecraft and um, thought it looks thought it looked fun. And That's exactly so my story. That's playing. exactly my story. Exactly. I think so, me and your girlfriend have a lot in common. 
Yeah, um, actually, you know, as far as I mean, I've never asked. I've never seen you and my girl, girlfriend in the same room. So it's I was about that to just, bring that dating. up. I was going to bring that up. I was thinking maybe I am dating you and I didn't know it. I didn't even know that. I just didn't See, even realize. Uh, Dane, when you're dating someone, do you just say you're dating them? I don't because that sounds a little bit more nefarious. But yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's definitely not something that I say. Okay. Um, well, moving on. Um, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein would also be... <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to imply that they should add Jeffrey Epstein to Smash. Um, if you put He's those dead. You can't put dead characters head, in the game. Just like you can't, put, uh, you can't put living people on postage stamps, you can't put dead people in Smash. Wait, is that actually a rule for postage stamps? I mean, that stamps? was a rule that I heard when I was in like elementary school, back when you learned oh. about postage stamps. I didn't take the postage stamp class like you did, so... Really? Mm-mm. Maybe we aren't dating. We were. I was learning here. cursive, like <laughs> a very important cursive classes. Oh I heard that gosh, they stopped teaching cursive. cursive. Is yeah, that dude, true? you just dated yourself so hard. I didn't even learn cursive. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, um, yeah, I was gonna say, I, uh, when did they stop teaching that? Did I uh, did I like barely miss the train of not having to learn that shit? Yeah, I'm like what three years younger than you, and the yeah. year I would have learned cursive, they taught us typing instead. Uh, no, dude, typing. I learned cursive, and I'm I'm younger than you, Matt. Maybe it was just some, maybe yeah, it was just point. some schools. I I just heard rumors that they don't just straight up don't teach it anywhere. I mean, I heard that some schools just were ahead of the game and didn't do it at all uh, earlier. But yeah, I re- I remember very clearly being told in elementary school that that was the way adults wrote and you'd have to learn to do it <laughs> what a lie that was what yeah. other stuff they're lying about well, was, they're still back then in the in the 90s you know computers the fucking aren't ever, 90s gross you're gonna have a computer in your pocket Ugh. kidding you know i just think that like today kids are learning that like you don't need cursive because everyone communicates like via redstone you know yeah like in minecraft so like kids today are probably learning redstone engineering when like 20 years from now are people going to be using redstone i don't know so i have a question um, for like school kids because i mean it's been probably about a almost a decade since i was in school um and even longer since i was in elementary school and uh i remember very clearly having to learn math without a calculator is that still a thing because it's become extremely commonplace for literally every single human being to have a calculator in their pocket at all times? Like, did they realize kind of like realistically, are you ever going to have to do math in your head ever again? I don't think so. So why would they ever expect like realistically someone to learn how to do math without a calculator? Uh, my question being, when you take math tests, do they let you use calculators now? Because I remember when I was in school, they never let you use calculators. It was you, you would get disqualified and get an F if you if you were caught using that calculator. But I feel like there's not really a point to teaching that skill anymore, since like who would ever, in their right mind, use that? I like, think they they don't let you use calculators up till the point like like the stuff that you should be able to do in your head. You know, like basic addition and multiplication, I imagine that's still the case. But like I could use a calculator for everything in high school, like algebra. Yeah, the algebra calculators, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like the T80, what were they called? 
Oh, oh the, the ones, the, Texas, the ones with games, the big yeah. thick ones. Stick yeah, that you could. Yeah, the big. Th- yeah, the ones that like cost my parents like hundreds of dollars to rent. Yeah, um, they still cost that much, by the way. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Can't your phone do any of that now? Or I feel yeah, like no, there's probably it, an app for that's basically that. <laughs> no, I was able phone, to. My phone cannot run Stick Boy. No, it doesn't have the gigawatts for that. Damn, doesn't have, doesn't have the teraflops. In my calc class, I was able to convince my. Uh, Actually, I'm not going to share this story. Tune in next week to the Motion Pixels podcast where we'll be covering, uh, we're, we're going to go do a full playthrough of, of, of Block Boy and uh, that's what it back was. to you. Yeah, mm. <laughs> Did I say Stick Boy before? I said uh, Stick Boy. <laughs> okay, no, Stick Boy Stick Boy was kind of like the beta. Like they released that early access on the... Uh, that was like the bones of the, the, the concept. Block Boy yeah, is back, just it's just the the alpha of Minecraft, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Minecraft was originally released on Steam, which at the time only ran on TI eighty four calculators. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it was like a, a Minecraft Steve was a big competitor to uh, Block Boy Barry uh, for the longest time. Yeah. Notch hates Barry, dude. Do when not, Stick Boy do took damage, mention. when Stick Boy took damage, he would go ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the sound of bones crunching, I miss that old like ooh, <laughs> like it's so stupid. Wait, they got rid but, of it. Yeah, your character doesn't go ooh when he like he hits the ground. His bones you hear like a crunching sound. I don't like that. I don't either. <laughs> I think it's funnier. I think you could probably mod the game to just do that sound anyway. But yeah, it's. <laughs> I always thought it was funny. Wait, what was it again? Ooh. <laughs> you don't remember that. No, I just wanted one more sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, I'd rather mod whenever I get hurt in Minecraft, just mod in Howard Ratner's voice going, I'm so sad, I'm so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna come. <laughs> Dude, every, I didn't notice the first time. Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> you gotta go and rewatch that movie. You gotta go and rewatch that movie because I didn't notice this the first watch through, but after he says that, they digitally make his eyes smaller. I don't know why <laughs> no, they, they do that. Don't. There's, no, they there's don't. no, they do. I'm, I'm completely oh serious. I'm not trolling. That, like after he says that line, watch his eyes. They, they, in, they definitely digitally made his eyes shrink for like a second. And I don't know Dude, why. Why they did, would they do that? I don't know. It's really funny though. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> Please look up that clip and watch it. It's actually what happens. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Like it's very clearly intentionally done by the editors. I don't know what no, dude, the point of it is. That's Adam Sandler in the editing room. He's like, we need some Jack and Jill vibes in here. It's Can just my eyes small. It's like not noticeable <laughs> unless you're looking for it. So they did the eye thing. It's not noticeable unless you're looking for it. And the first time that I saw it on the second playthrough, I was just like, wait, does it, did his glasses just like make his eyes like? Because sometimes, like, if you look at some people's bifocals at a certain angle, their eyes will get fucked up. <laughs> But like no, like they definitely digitally just shrunk his eyes for like a second and then like cut away. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I I stood there like looking at the I paused it and I was like looking at it like why did they do that? That's so weird. <laughs> he already said something funny. Why do you have to make the, it even weirder by shrinking his eyes for no reason? And don't do it again in the entire movie. <laughs> it's, I, it's like the most baffling part of the movie for me. But I love oh my it. god, it's on Reddit. It's real. What is? What? No, there's a picture. There's a pic. <laughs> Is there? Oh, 
Holy dude, you're right. Oh my god, I got okay. I'm gonna send a gift right now to you guys. Um, wow. Oh, you, you think I was? Me- I think I was lying for no I reason. I thought I thought I was on Gus's side where we thought you were obviously <laughs> delusional, but it's there. It was a Reddit post on r slash movie details. <laughs> my god, his eyes are so small. Dude, that looks like. Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. There doesn't his seem to be a point so to it. so small, dude. They do. <laughs> it well, looks like f- they just like. It just looks like they zoomed out on just the eyes for a second. That's so bizarre. <laughs> Matt, <gotta> actually, <laughs> uh, now that we're talking about it, Matt, if you in post-production, if yeah, you could just make it. our eyes in Animal Crossing oh. do that for this podcast, that'd be great. <laughs> I was going to suggest that he puts the GIF in the video so people know the context. Oh, it will But be. no, that's also, also that. helpful. Yeah, definitely <laughs> make there, our eyes shrink. will be in the shrink. show notes if you're listening. <laughs> it's too good. That's so good. Uh. <laughs> 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 okay okay we gotta wrap this up we did it just went on a very long tangent yeah um, for sure yeah sp- so speaking of uh holy shit i'm gonna <laughs> theme song It's more like it's really deep. It's like, oh, it doesn't sound like a person. <laughs> I gotta look it up. Minecraft old. Oh. <laughs>